everybody. I'm so glad you're joining us this Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to all of you. You know, when I was a kid, if I ever did anything silly or with bad manners, my dad used to always say, were you born in a barn? And do you know who was actually born in a barn? Jesus. And I wish so bad that when I was a kid, I would have thought that because I could have said it to him and it would have gotten to him so much. You know, I think Mary, like all expectant mothers, would have had hopes and expectations for how the birth of her first child was going to go. And I bet you not in a million years did she think that her baby was going to be born in a barn. What a perfectly imperfect entrance. And I love that scene because I put so much pressure on myself to make everything perfect, especially at the holidays. Perfect for my family, for the church, for my friends, especially for my kids. And I love this stable scene so much because without a doula or without her midwife or without her birth playlist or without her essential oils, Mary still brought into this world a perfect baby who lived the perfect life to save us all. And I just love that stable scene and I hope that we can all think about that this holiday season that, you know, it's not really about having the perfect turkey or the perfect decorations or the perfect presents or the perfect Christmas tree with ornaments, which let's be honest, in our house is impossible anyway, because we have two toddlers who decorate and undecorate the tree three times a day. And so I just want us to try to focus this Christmas season on the thing that matters the most. And it's not all the hustling and bustling things. The thing that matters most is that perfect baby who lived a perfect life, who was born in the most imperfect way to show us all that we don't have to be perfect because he is perfect. Merry Christmas. A picture imperfect Christmas. That's our theme this year, a picture imperfect Christmas. I'm sure some of you have been sending and receiving some Christmas cards with perfect family photos on them, right? I've got some of yours. You guys look good, okay? You're looking great. But you send those photos out, we see them online, and we think, wow, everybody else's families are perfect. And then we look at our own, and we're like, uh-oh, ours is imperfect. But if you've ever taken one of those family photos, you know that behind the perfect photo is quite an imperfect happening. Okay, we got three kids, and, and we know that when we do it, we pick out the, the outfit, everybody has to be color-coordinated, right? And then you try to get it on, as people are squirming around, you get the kids in the car, you drive out there, and then you have to make it for, for the perfect golden hour, so there's the right lighting, and you try to take this photo with everybody looking at the camera and smiling at the same time, and there's, there's anger, there's crying, there's yelling, the kids don't like it either, um, and it is just a mess, isn't it? It's a mess, and that's what's actually behind those perfect family photos. I'm telling you this because we have imperfect families, because we are imperfect people. So if you're here tonight, and you're perfect, and your family is perfect, you can see yourself to the door. There are some extra cookies waiting for you in the cafe. But for the rest of us who are imperfect, I have a special message for you tonight, and what's what, it's what Christmas is all about, is that Jesus is for imperfect people. Okay? Pretty simple. Jesus is for imperfect people. He's for you, he's for me, and he is for imperfect people like us. 
So that's the message we're going to hear today, and it comes from the account of Jesus' birth from the Gospel of Matthew. So if you have a Bible, you can open with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Um, if you have your smartphone, you can pull that out, and if you have the YouVersion Bible app downloaded, you can find our Rise Church Denver event and see the scripture and take notes right there, um, or you can just follow along on the screen. Okay, we got it all. And we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to learn three lessons tonight, three lessons tonight from this account of Jesus' birth. And the first one is that Jesus isn't scared off by imperfect people. He ain't scared. He ain't scared of you and your mess. <laughs> Jesus isn't scared of imperfect people. He's not scared off by it. So we're going to pick this up in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew writes, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Sounds not like a perfect situation, does it? See, the way that God came into this world, he got it right. The way that God came into this world through his son Jesus was an imperfect situation. This young teenage gal, Mary, is pregnant. And Joseph, who's engaged to her at this point, knows he's not the father. Okay, He knows enough to know that. Okay, And Joseph is a good, outstanding religious guy, and he knows that you're supposed to wait till marriage, so he's just going to end things. It says divorce, but really he's just going to call off the engagement. He wants to do it quietly because it's shameful. It's disgraceful. It is a mess. Doesn't look good, and nobody wants to, to, to see that. In those days, it was a shameful thing. So Joseph is just like, we got to end these things. And I, I think that's really important for us to see because from the very beginning, the way that Jesus came into this world was in an imperfect situation that would have looked to everyone as pretty bad. But that's what God wanted. In verse 20, the passage continues. It says, but after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be afraid, Joseph, because I'm not afraid, God is saying. I'm not afraid of a situation that looks really bad, that looks messy, that looks imperfect. So, so God wanted to do it that way. You know, I think a lot of us picture a nativity scene today as something that's so fancy and special because we have nativities. My grandma um, used to collect nativity scenes. She would travel all over the world and she collected them. Uh, before she moved into the um, assisted living home she's in now, she had over 100 nativity scenes that she'd collected from all the world. And she, we, each one of the grandkids and great-grandkids got to have one. And, and we got this one up here. I have a picture of it. This is really uh, awesome. We love it. It's, it's white porcelain, handcrafted in Ireland. It sparkles. It's white. It's beautiful. And that's probably not what it looked like at the original nativity scene where Mary, as, as my beautiful wife Melissa explained, gave birth where the animals were in a manger. Like that... I think she's right. It didn't smell like essential oils. There was probably some other smells wafting through the air. Am I right? There's animals there, okay? This didn't smell good. It didn't look good. And it was a disgraceful situation. 
And yet, that's what God chose. He's not scared off. He's like, I know that your life might be bad. It might not even just look bad. It is bad. You messed up. And God still says, I ain't scared. Jesus isn't afraid. He's not scared off by imperfect people. He's not. In fact, he wants to come and spend time with us. He wants to be with us. And that's the second thing we're going to learn from our passage tonight, is that Jesus came to be with imperfect people. Came to be with us, to spend time with us, to hang out with us, because he loves us. Keep reading with me in verse 21. In verse 21, We read, this is the angel continuing, he said, She, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his peoples from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet over 500 years before this. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. What does it mean? God with, that's right. So he's given the name Jesus, that's his proper name, that's what we know him as, but he has given a second name, and in the Bible, when someone is given a second name, it's what they represent, it's who they are, and what they mean. So yes, his name is Jesus, we'll talk about that, but even more significantly, he is Emmanuel, God with us. When God wanted to be with human beings, he came down to be with imperfect people. With imperfect people like you and me. I know some of you right now are thinking, there's some family members I do not want to be with tomorrow morning, right? Or tonight for dinner, or maybe right now in this service. Elbow that person if they're here with you. I'm kidding. You don't have to do that. But, but we have imperfect families like that, right? Man, some of our families, we get it. They're, they're all kinds of complex. You know, there's half-brothers, stepsisters. There's, you know, divorces, and they should have gotten divorced. And then there's that uncle who drinks way too much, and please don't talk politics the next week with him, right? We have messy families. We have issues. Some of us are missing our family, and that's the messiness that we have this season. And into this imperfection, when sometimes we don't want to f- be with family, God wants to be with us. That's what Jesus is all about, that Jesus came to be with imperfect people. You know, when we're at our most important moments in life, when you have your wedding, you invite the most important people to be with you. When you celebrate something, you want the most important people to be with you, right? It's important at at big moments to have those people with you that you care about and love. But even more importantly, you want the people who love you and care about you to be with you at your lowest moments. Those are the moments when we're like, does anybody actually still love me? Do they care about me? We're we're feeling lonely and we wonder, you know, maybe nobody does care. And it's at that, that moment when we're at our lowest, when we need people to be with us the most. And at that moment, and some of you might be there right now, you're lonely, you're depressed, you're angry, Right there, God wants to be with you. That's why he sent his son, Jesus, to be with you. I recently finished um, a book by John Christ. John Christ is a Christian comedian. And I know some of you think that Christian comedy is an oxymoron, but it's not. John Christ is, is actually really funny. 
Um, and, you know, for a Christian comedian, it's expected for them um, not just to have, like, clean material because they're doing stand-up in churches, <laughs> but also that they live, like, a moral life, okay? They have to be people of integrity if they want that moniker. And, and John Christ was actually doing really well in 2019. He was rising up. He was getting really, really popular, and then he got canceled. Yeah, because he wasn't living the way he should. And he knew better. He had been raised in one of those perfect families. His dad was the pastor and was so well-known that he became the mayor of their small town. He was raised right. And yet, he found himself turning to alcohol, starting to abuse alcohol. And then, he started sending inappropriate messages to women, including married women. And a reporter reached out to him and said, hey, we've heard from some women that you've sent messages to, and we're going to release a report tomorrow that's going to go national. And at that point, he was at his highest point of his career. He, was, uh, he had just signed a, a Netflix special, which is a pretty big deal for a stand-up. He was selling out shows. He had a book deal, and he was about to show up on one of the late shows. And then that report was released, and everything got canceled. Late show appearance got canceled. The book deal got canceled. The Netflix special got canceled. He got canceled. Isn't that what happens in our culture? He got canceled. And he said he was at his lowest point, totally depressed. He thought nobody would ever like him ever again. And his parents said, we're coming over to see you. And he's like, I don't want you. You know, he didn't want him to come because he was expecting his dad to come with that same paddle he used when he had been a kid, right? But instead, his parents came without a word of judgment or criticism. They sat with him, and they encouraged him and loved him. And he said it was the most profound thing in that moment to have somebody be with him when he thought nobody wanted to be with him ever again. And in the same way, if you've been at a low moment like that, people have turned their back on you, and you feel like, I got nothing left. In that moment, God loves you. He cares about you, and he wants to be with you in that moment. You haven't let him down. He loves you. And that's why he sent Jesus, to come be with imperfect people. And what's amazing about Jesus isn't that he just comes to be with us, but he comes to help us. It's not just sitting there and be like, yeah, your life sucks. No, he's like, let's help you. That's what Jesus does. Jesus helps us. He lifts us up out of that mess. See, Jesus, the third point, is that Jesus saves imperfect people. He saves us out of that mess. He takes us out of the problems that we have got ourselves into, and he wants to help us live a better life. Jesus saves imperfect people. I want you to look back with me at verse 21. In verse 21, that what the angel said, She, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because, uh, because he will save his people from their sins. Did you see that? His name is Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I love how it calls us terrible, awful sinners that are very imperfect, his people. Don't you like that? You are God's people, okay? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're God's people. We're his people. No matter how far we've fallen or what we've done in our sin, we're his people. And Jesus came to save us out of the mess and the sin we're in. Came to save us out of that. Help us get back up on our feet and keep moving forward. Jesus saves imperfect people. 
what I loved about that story of John Christ, you know, I was expecting it to just be comedy the whole time, but it was it really was serious and it resonated with me because he said that, that right after his parents came to see him, he did check himself into rehab for a while. And while he was there by himself in a rehab, his whole conception of God shifted. Because before that, he had thought of God like his earthly dad, a disciplinarian, always perfect, never could live up to that standards, and always ready with that wooden paddle. But instead, he realized that God loved him in his addiction, in his sin, in his failures, and in his mess. See, Jesus saves imperfect people. And I had to learn the same thing. If you've been around at all, you've heard me share my story. That when I was 18, I found myself uh, in the same way. I had parents that raised me, right? My dad was in ministry. I knew what, what God said. But when I uh, was 18, I broke into a warehouse, vandalized it, and then spent a night in jail. And I was expecting a divine spanking in the same way. And instead, I felt God's forgiveness and love like never before. I knew in that moment, he was with me and loved me and wanted to save me. And I was like, wow, it radically transformed my life. And some of you need to learn the same thing. That in your imperfection, in your sin, that's what Jesus came for, to help you, to get you out of your mess and save you. Doesn't matter that you're imperfect. Doesn't matter that you've sinned. Doesn't matter how far you've fallen and what people think about you. Because God loves you. And he sent Jesus to save you. And why we celebrate Christmas, and we do this big production every year, is not because a baby was born. There's babies all the time being born, right? We love babies, but that's not why we celebrate this. We celebrate Christmas because that baby boy named Jesus came and he grew up. And though we are imperfect and sin and do all sorts of wrong things and get into messes of our own making, Jesus was perfect. He did everything right. He never broke God's law, always served people, always loved people, washed his disciples' feet, even the one who would betray him. And then still, Jesus died a sinner's death. What's amazing, the good news of Jesus Christ, that the angels proclaimed good news of great joy, is that Jesus, though he was perfect, he received a sinner's punishment. But we, when we believe, though we are imperfect, we can receive his perfect reward. So our sin gets taken to him, our sin gets canceled, our past gets canceled, and we receive forgiveness and grace and a new life because of Jesus, not us. That's the good news of Christmas that Jesus saves sinners, that Jesus is for imperfect people like you and me. So some of you need to hear that today. And maybe you've heard it before, you've believed it before, but you've forgotten. You've begun to think again that God is mad at you, that he's the disciplinarian just trying to catch you doing something wrong. But he loves you. He wants to be with you and he wants to help you move into a better life. But others of you need to hear this for the first time and receive this gift. It's a gift. God is offering you forgiveness. His son Jesus to come live inside you to give you a better life now and eternal life in heaven forever. He's offering it as a gift and all you have to do is receive it. And it's not like the gift you got last week and you're like, oh yeah, I got something for you too. 
No, okay? You don't have to pay God back. You don't have to do anything except receive it. And for some of you, it's time to receive that gift for the first time, to find forgiveness and a new start in life. And then you'll come back on January 8th for our habits series so you can learn how to grow and have a huge impact by small decisions of your life. So here's the thing. If you're ready to receive this gift, maybe the gift's been sitting in the corner for a little while and you've been watching it. You've been seeing it underneath the tree, but it's time to get it out and unwrap it, to accept that gift of eternal life. The Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. That with your mouth, you can profess that you believe and then you can receive that gift of forgiveness and eternal life. So I'm gonna give you the opportunity to receive that gift right now. Would you please close your eyes with me? Lord God, I pray for every man, woman, and child in here today. That they would realize how truly great you are, God. That you love them. That you love us even at our worst, in our sin, and in our imperfection. That you love us. That you come to be with us. Remind us of that great truth today and every day. And Lord God, I pray for those right now who need to make the decision for the first time to accept that gift. And I want to give you the opportunity to say a simple prayer repeating after me. So if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody who needs to pray it for the first time. Please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Save me. Forgive me. In faith I declare, Jesus is Lord. I receive your gift of forgiveness. I receive your gift of eternal life. Fill me with your spirit and help me to follow you for the rest of my life. Now, if you said that prayer for the first time and meant it, if Jesus is now your Lord and Savior, you are forgiven, you are set free, you have new life and life ahead in heaven. So I want to celebrate with you, we all do. So on the count of three, please lift your hand in the air. One, two, three. Put your hand in the air if you said that prayer for the first time. Praise God, keep your hands up. And we have a gift of a, a free Bible we wanna give you. Keep your hand up if you want one of those Bibles. Keep your hands up. Lord God, we are so grateful for those who made the decision to accept your gift of eternal life. We celebrate and we rejoice with the angels. We celebrate the birth of your son, the perfect son who came to save us imperfect people and lift us up. And Lord God, we worship you. We worship you tonight. And we love you. Amen.